Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And we left off our last podcast. We were talking about Revelation. And I told you that this podcast we'd enter into a conversation about angels. And I guess that's kind of the, the starting point. It's very broad. It's one of these things that they're in the Bible kind of sporadically. Because most of the Bible conversation is about the people here on earth. And, you know, it's one of these things that growing up, you hear about them, but you never really get into how they work, what's the structure, what's going on up there with them. And um, pretty much wanted to start it off there and say, what is the framework starting point we should enter the game with? Uh, yeah, angels are actually not even just sporadic in the Bible. It's pretty extensively uh, the the role of angels goes pretty pretty thoroughly throughout the Bible so sporadic in the sense that you're right you know there's uh, much more about humans than about angels mm -hmm. but they go all through from the first book of Genesis to the last book of Revelation and practically every book in between so that try to remember who it was but uh, he said, if we were to remove angels from the Bible, we would have to completely restructure the Christian faith and totally rewrite the Bible. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, they really are very thoroughly involved. Uh, so we can think of the beginning of the, the Gospels with the angel Gabriel, who comes to Zechariah and who comes to Mary and announces the birth of John the Baptist and of Jesus, respectively. And... Uh, we can think of the the angels that take the sacrifice to heaven in the book of Revelation, and you pointed out some other roles of the, the angels in the book of Revelation. We can think of the angel that appeared to Jacob in the book of Genesis, or uh, the angel that assisted Tobiah in the, in the book of, of Tobit. Uh, we can think of angels that appear in the Psalms that we refer to and anyway we can just go on and on I'm just thinking off the top of my head mm -hmm. and uh, those are some uh, examples coming to me angels also appear in the heavenly visions we talked in our last podcast about the genre of apocalyptic literature the word apocalypsis which is the same it's the Greek version of the word revelation means to remove the veil to take back the veil and mm -hmm. so what it's doing is giving us a little glimpse into realities that we normally don't see with our eyes. And how do we describe those realities? Well, we end up using some symbolic language. But the point is, if we take a little glimpse into heaven, if we remove the veil and we gaze upon eternal realities, what kinds of things do we see? And so also in the prophetic literature and the apocalyptic literature of the Old Testament, we see angels showing up because when we remove the veil and we glimpse into heaven, part of the what's going on in heaven is angels and so we we keep getting these different visions of angels in parts of the scripture so what are what are angels angels are beings like us in the sense that they have free will and that they also have intelligence okay those are two qualities of our humanity when we speak about being made in the image and likeness of God, we have free will and intelligence in a way that none of the other animals do. 
So we are spiritual beings in that sense. Like the animals, we have bodies, but we're also spiritual beings with free will and, and intelligence and an intellect. Angels are, are beings with free will and an intelligence who have no bodies. And so that immediately makes them very weird for us. We have a hard time imagining what a creature is like with no body. Mm-hmm. They are just these spiritual beings that have intelligence and free will. And they are totally obedient to God. Uh, and they, part of their mission is, is also to help us. So each of us has a guardian angel, for example, and that guardian angel is focused on helping us, protecting us, and leading us toward heaven, helping us to overcome our temptations, helping us to defeat the enemy, uh, and in order to make good choices and to grow in holiness and to, to come closer to God. And then there are also different ranks of angels, and anyway, we can, there's a, there's a whole subject of theology called angelology that uh, different theologians have really studied intensely based on what's revealed in scripture and who are the angels and, and what does it mean to be a spiritual being with no body and just uh, deriving a lot of things theologically so I'm not an expert in angelology but mm-hmm. anyway those are just a few uh, initial thoughts that, that maybe you can uh, take in yeah so um well, let's start with the last one there about the guardian angels and kind of work our way back. So, this week coming up is Pentecost. Obviously, and people listening to this already have Pentecost, but um, but coming up is, is that, and that's when the Holy Spirit comes down. Is that, and, and the Spirit being all around us, is, is that basically angels being teammates or is it just another way of trying to articulate the same thing um, well that's a, an important distinction to make so the Holy Spirit is not an angel the Holy Spirit is God mm-hmm. so well, we believe that God is three persons in a perfect bond of love so tight that they are truly one God Father Son and Holy Spirit and the angels are creatures. The angels were created by God. They are spiritual beings, uh, but they are creatures created by God. And so, uh, so I don't think the angels actually play a, a, an explicit role in, in Pentecost. Pentecost is the coming down of the Holy Spirit, who then fills us with God, really. Uh, and so we begin to take on some of the qualities of God, some of his own strengths and insight, the different gifts of the Holy Spirit, as well as infused virtues, some of the virtues of Christ start to take root in us. And uh, Pentecost is a, is a wonderful event, really the birth of the church and also um, the transformation of us, uh, our baptism in a, in a certain way to receive the Holy Spirit and, and be immersed in God himself. So uh, Pentecost is, yeah, doesn't directly involve the angels, Although the angels were certainly uh, very present in in all of that. Okay, okay. So so, but now that, that we're here in in, in in all of our daily lives, um, you know, I was always taught that your conscience is is, is the spirit working through you, and I, I guess the the I I never knew the difference between where is the spirit and the guardian angel because really you can't see either one. Neither one of them have a body, so it's a very 
you know, kind of what's going on type situation. Yeah, and uh, you're right, and there are also saints who are all around us. So one of the messages to take from the angels is to realize that reality is so much richer than what our senses tell us. And this really shows us what God is like. God is not a minimalist. God doesn't create less when he could create more. And so he creates all of these spiritual beings and in a way, heaven is all around us at all times. It's not a, a distant place at the end of a long journey. It's a, it's a place that's already around us that we become more in harmony with, more in tune with, and we start to experience a little bit more of heaven, and we start to live according to the, the ways of heaven. But anyway, the, these spiritual realities are all around us. They're just not accessible to our senses. And that to to start imagining that gives us a, a yeah just a sense of how beautiful reality is so much more beautiful than the kind of minimalist reductions that we sometimes get from uh, yeah other other descriptions that are more that are reduced to the senses that are reduced to what can be measured and so uh, what is actually having an impact on us the Holy Spirit or uh, the angels or the prayers of the saints, or it's a little hard to dissect all of that. So we are the beneficiaries of grace, and grace comes through a number of different means. Ultimately, grace always comes through the Holy Spirit, but sometimes through the means of, of different intercessors. Maybe because you prayed for me, Joe. Maybe because my guardian angel prayed for me. But either way, that grace can come, and I can receive that through the Holy Spirit. So one of the things that happens as we grow in the spiritual life is we can develop a little more sensitivity to that unseen reality that's all around us, consisting of angels, the saints, and, and obviously God himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who is all around us, who is within us. Uh, so we can become more sensitive to those realities. There are some people that have a very clear sense of the presence of their guardian angel or the voice of their guardian angel. And that's not something that I have. It's not a gift that every person must have in order to be truly holy. But mm -hmm. as we cultivate that gift, if it's one that we have, uh, we can become more sensitive to the presence of the angels or the voice of the angels or the direction of the angels. Um, and whether we're sensitive to it or not, we're still under the, the influence of those, uh, of those realities, those powers that are, that are around us. Okay. And this, um, this kind of leads into a, a broader question that I had coming up and um, and I'm sure that there's a very simplistic answer and probably a much more pronounced one to, to where this is is that as Catholics we got a lot of moving parts here we just went through the angels here a little bit we have obviously we have God the three persons in one and then we also have this thing called the community of saints so a lot of a lot of people down looking at us and I, I want to basically take a step back and ask a question on that, which is a lot of times in the Bible they talk about how paganism is wrong and bad, but there's a lot of things that we have associated to a particular saint um, that the pagans did for one of their Roman gods or whatever. Uh, for example, Francis and animals. Um, so I guess where my question is, is 
I'm assuming the church didn't let itself turn into anything that would be a problem there, but from someone who doesn't really, hasn't really looked into it, and just sitting around thinking these questions, as each day has another saint dedicated to, you know, kind of, what makes it totally different, and and in regards of all of this, with, with the being angels and everything else, um, aside from just the focus that there's only one God, with a whole lot of under you know, in terms of a, a, a whole lot of other moving parts with it. Yeah, what difference does it make to have one God? Well, one of the differences is that it means that there's one will, and everything is orchestrated around that one will. And so, when we look at the saints, for example, or the angels, they live entirely in accord with the will of God. So there's no competition, there's no violence, there's no... Uh, whimsical actions, they don't need to be appeased, they don't have their own kingdoms, they're not uh, separate. So that's why we can really focus simply on that one God, and that'll carry us the distance, mm -hmm. you know, because there's only one will in heaven. And all of those heavenly beings that I described, angels and saints, are all living in accord with that one will. And that will is love. And that will is the desire for each one of us to be eternally part of that immense family, all united in one will with the Heavenly Father. So that's very different than paganism. Paganism is seeing that there are certain powers or forces in nature that seem to be in conflict with each other, and we try to get some control over them, and so we offer some sacrifice, we personify the wind, or we personify a tree or we personify the, the storm and we imagine that if we offer some sacrifice we can get some control over that force of nature and so a very different kind of worldview of uh, depiction of reality than the Christian one now why does it why do the Catholic does the Catholic Church look at or and appreciate angels and saints why does God uh, raise up and work through angels and saints well mm -hmm. it's a a kind of divine principle that God likes to do things through others. And now think of this in terms of a little family image. I remember when I was a boy, I didn't have any money, but for my mother's birthday, my dad would help me buy a gift for her. Now my mother knew that the gift really came from my dad. I didn't have money to buy a gift and I wouldn't know what to buy for her anyway. Mm -hmm. Maybe I made a little contribution to that. A, personalized it a little bit. My dad gave me three choices, and I picked one over the other two. But basically, my mother knew that my dad was getting her the gift. Mm -hmm. But he loved to give it through me. And it was sweet for me and for my mother for me to be able to share that gift with her, even though it had really come from my dad. And that's what God does with us through the saints. Do we get grace from anywhere other than God? No, God's the origin of all the grace. He has all the money. He has all the gifts. And he is the one who gives them but he likes to pass them through the hands of his saints and his angels. And he even gives them a little way to personalize it. There's a way that maybe St. Francis gives us a gift a little differently than St. Benedict does. But the gifts all originate with God. But the Catholic perspective is we don't want less relationship. We want more relationship. We don't want to limit everything to me and Jesus. We want to have me and Jesus and everybody else who is with Jesus. We don't want to just have a personal, isolated relationship with God. We want to be in a church, in a family of relationships, all with God and, the, and His one will at their center, 
certainly. But more relationship is better. Okay. Okay, I get that, that, that makes more sense. So, um, okay, yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that, that was part of the, the question there. So, I, I, I guess that, that that's a, a starting point. So how should we view that as going forward with with everyday life? Um, you know, should should because it, I, I guess I guess in a way I, I'm asking this is part of how to pray, how to look into it. You know, what is what is the way to to address it um, in in all of our daily lives here? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I love bringing this back to uh, to brass tacks, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, what difference does this make for us? Well, uh, it makes a difference in how we pray. And I really encourage people to develop uh, a devotion to the saints, in particular. Um, we do that by reading about their lives, and and there's a way that some saints kind of emerge for us. They become a little bit more three-dimensional for us. They, they pop. And those are, those are a sign that there's a little bit of an attraction there, that maybe, as they always say, the saints really choose us even more than we choose them. But we can get that sense as we read some of their biographies or we learn about some of their lives or we just simply ask them, yeah, you know, I want to know you better. And and then amazing things happen. We're on vacation, and we happen to be in a hotel next door to the shrine of St. Therese, you know. Mm -hmm. Or we, we go somewhere, we end up going to a wedding, and it turns out to be in the, uh, the church dedicated to Padre Pio, and his relics are there or something. So there's, as we start to open up to a reality beyond what we can see, when we say there is a communion of saints, and there are a lot of saints there, uh, and how can we get to know them? Then we start to notice some things that might have appeared like coincidence or we might have overlooked them completely, but we become a little more sensitive to them. And it's good to follow those things up. So for myself, I've had a great devotion to, uh, to St. Joseph and Our Lady. And I think that those two saints in particular, as the parents of Jesus, they're also the, the parents of all, all Christians. Now, Joseph is not the biological father of Jesus, but he raised him. So for all practical purposes, he's the father of Jesus. He's the, the one who raised him in his humanity. And so the, the parents of Jesus are the parents of everyone who is baptized into Jesus for all Christians. So I think for all of us to develop a relationship with our, our mother and our foster father is uh, a beautiful starting point. And then also to look at some of the other saints, uh, different ones stand out to us. I know over the years I've developed a lot of devotion to St. Therese. And I find a lot of guidance in her teaching on littleness, uh, but I feel a real closeness to her, too. Sometimes in my prayer, the, the little one, St. Therese, who had such a love for mercy and such a trust in God's mercy and a love for priests, and sometimes I just imagine her next to me, and I imagine her love for me, the way that she looks at me or the way that she speaks to me. And there's a reality to that. It opens up something in my heart to her, but even more so. So that's a very good practical way of, of bringing it there is that, you know, that, that, that it's going to open up our eyes even more. And um, and I guess in, in, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, kind of thinking this connection going through, since most of the saints 
had passed long before I was born. Um, the, um, the in a sense, you know, I never saw their body. I mean, you see pictures and images and all that the same way you do of angels. So in a sense, at least they they, they kind of seem to be similar. I mean, I get that saints physically roam the earth and they did stuff and and, and you can see the imprints that they left physically. Like you can go to Assisi and see essentially the fortress church he made. Um, you can see that. Um, but you can um, you can't see the angels, but from a spiritual way, does that kind of seem like they're similar or am I still not getting it? Yes, well they're both realities that are alive and unseen. And uh, the angels were also created long before any of the saints really in the beginning of time the angels were created uh, the saints obviously like you said they lived human lives and so we looked at the saints for a little different purpose to be inspired by their lives they did walk this earth and they did face the temptations and trials that we face we can identify with them and we can learn from them they accompany us um, but in terms of engaging those spiritual realities you're right. We can uh, ultimately we use our imagination in order to see what is unseen. Mm -hmm. Now, um, in our world, we think of imagination and make believe as being the same thing. Well, they're very different. Imagination can be used to see a reality that we simply can't see. Maybe you have some imagination of what China is like, and it's based on some stories, and it's based on some uh, descriptions, and it's based on something that comes into your own head. And you're going to be right, uh, I don't know, 80% or something. Um, so we don't get imagination perfectly right, but it gets mm -hmm. us moving in the right direction. I think every parent has imagined their unborn child. And when that child is growing in the mother's womb, you haven't seen the child, and yet already parents begin imagining their children. They don't get it entirely right, but it's based on a reality. It's a way of seeing an unseen reality. And so we do that also with the saints. And, we, and with the angels, what do they look like? What are they doing right now? And we want to base that on truth. Well, they're united with the one will of God, which is love. So the saints are not beating us up, and the angels are not beating us up. Mm -hmm. They're not yelling at us and pushing us around, and they're not trying to manipulate us and use us. The reality is that they're loving us, they're supporting us, they're accompanying us. And then we might even get a sense of a more specialized version of that, a way that one is lending us a hand when we've fallen to help us get up. So, so we do, we do in, encounter those two realities, angels and saints, in the same way with our imagination based on reason and revelation, uh, the data that we have to work with to get a proper imagination. And then yeah, trying to hear the angel, our guardian angel, trying to receive grace, speaking to saints and angels. Um, yeah, we can do all of that in our prayer. So, so that makes sense there, yeah. So, so how do we become better attuned at the skill set to actually be able to do that? Because, you know, some things are just natural. You know, you, you, you can throw a baby in the water, she will gradually, she'll just start doggy paddling after she freaks out about being too cold. Um, I might or may not have done that over the weekend. Um, and my brother wasn't happy, but that's a side story. So the point is, they'll start swimming. And it's just instinctual. And there's so many things just from doing these limited amount of podcasts we've done that in 
the day-to-day life that can go on with relationships of God seems much more like a spoke of the wheel where there's a billion spokes and you might be good at a section of them but have no idea how the other side of the wheel is working and this is definitely in that realm for me so how do you go about and try to develop these skills to be able to to accomplish these goals well I love your analogy Joe so I want to play with that for a moment um I'll bet if you throw a baby in the water, even though she starts to dog paddle, she's not going to last very long. Well, no, inevitably, and, no, no, you have to hold her. But, um. No, no, I know. And But the point being, we don't know how to swim instinctually. We have to be taught how to swim. But we have a starting point, which is that we don't want to drown, and we can flail our limbs a little bit. Yeah. And I think that there's some analogy there with prayer, too, that um, do we know how to swim out of the, out of the gate? No, uh, we need to be taught how to. But do we have? Do we? Are we able to? Uh, we we don't want to be without God, and we can flail our limbs a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that there's something more inherent in us in terms of prayer than than maybe we consider in our modern context. But the problem is, if none of that's developed, or if the culture is actually pushing against it, then we even lose. It's like being told you're not able to swim you're not able to swim you're not able to swim and when you get thrown into the water maybe even the dog paddling doesn't come up as naturally Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that some of our our culture has done that a little bit with prayer telling us there is no unseen reality there is no heaven there are no saints there is no God we've heard that over and over again to the point that even our natural impulse to reach out to God to say a prayer to ask for our brothers and sisters who have gone before us to help us think even those impulses have been suppressed a little bit but just mm-hmm. to say I think we do have that in us I think every every person that loses a loved one to death has a desire to keep in relationship with that loved one and and that's the essence of that desire to speak to the saints as well and how do we do it well we there's only one way we really know how to speak which is with words mm-hmm. <laughs> and we can say those out loud or we can say those in our minds and when we speak, we also imagine the person that we're speaking to and how are they responding and, and uh, what's, what's happening there in that relationship. And so I think those are the starting points for us also in developing a, a relationship with the saints. That, uh, Like I said, we, we don't develop a relationship with everybody in the communion of saints. I mean, there are whatever, millions and millions of saints. But there are some maybe that emerge for us to be a little closer to us and we get to know them by reading about their lives and then just speaking out like we do in prayer to say to St. Therese uh, you really understood littleness and you understood prayer and I'm really struggling please help me I want to understand these things better and then maybe we can even leave a little bit of silence and imagine what, what would she say in response to us how would little Therese help us we can derive that answer from reading about her, and then we also hear that coming up in our hearts. So, so those are just a, some concrete ways. We develop a devotion. I say a prayer every day to St. Joseph. Um, we, I pray every day to Our Lady, to, to Mary. Other saints come up a little bit more periodically in my own prayer. So it's going to be a little bit different for everybody. There's no, uh, there's no formula, but... But just to know that we have a family, that we can make friends with the saints, that we can speak to them, 
and they can also communicate to us. I think it's a started. That, that's certainly a, a a great starting point there, and, and yeah, I, I definitely do agree with you that that there is this element out there that is trying to trample it down in terms of your natural instinct to reach out, which is another reason that this podcast here was created. And, and on that note, I want to thank everyone here for for listening to it and, and giving us a, some time of here of your day. We do hope that the conversation is helping you in your everyday life, and we definitely do appreciate you guys telling your friends and family about it and helping us grow. So again, we enjoyed you know having this podcast here with you here today. We look forward to seeing you next week and having a conversation with you then. Have a great week, everyone.